Friends of Seriously, you've no doubt noticed that we've been away from the show for the past few weeks. We wanted to let you know what's happening and bring you up to speed. Just a few days ago, my co-host here on Seriously, Sapria Devetti, joined me on my daily talk show, Real Talk, to address a, a very real and immediate health emergency that her family is facing. The reason why um, the people haven't seen my face around and, you know, I've been kind of off of social media the last little bit uh, is because recently um, my husband was diagnosed with cancer um, and it's stage four um, lung cancer. He is 40 years old. Um, He has never smoked a day in his life. Um, And it is obviously a very big shock for our family. And so, you know, you and I um, haven't been having our chats, I, I guess, uh, <laughs> as, as you know, I regularly and as frequently as, as we were and as I think we'd like. But mm. I think for any normal human being, they would completely understand why I've uh, sort of tapped out of public commentary um, right now because my focus is, of course, my, my husband and, and our daughter. And um, yeah, just trying to get through this time. Yeah. So uh, you, you said you might break out into tears. I might break out into tears. Just yeah. This is this is like in, in, in the conversations that you and I have had off of the air and yep. off the record. Just just friends talking to each other. Obviously, there's a there's a, a, a huge element of shock. Um, and uh, and and we feel this and Johnny feels this and our team is feeling this. So I can't imagine how you feel, by the way. Um, want to let people know that that you know you said you were like let's let's hop on real talk on friday and get everybody up to speed and just let everyone know that what's happening with seriously which is that uh the show is fine uh, but we're going to go on a bit of a hiatus because yeah. we're prioritizing what's important and you need your strength and your energy to be with your man and to be with your beautiful little girl and, and, and the rest of your family. Um, as we're talking about this, though, your willingness to come on the show today, I want to let you know that if, if you ever kind of like lose the appetite to talk about it, we, we can just wrap it up. So, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I would have said this. Our to safe you, word can be can be tippy toe. You, or you <laughs> yeah. just turn just put your laptop down and, and we'll take yeah. the hint. So, um, you, you know, stage four, obviously, it's a bit of a different circumstance than something being detected early. How, how did it wind up on a noob's radar? How did, how, did, how did this come about? This was pretty recently. Yeah. So um, he has uh, an autoimmune condition. And so he gets, sees a pulmonologist pretty regularly. And they um, do from time to time scans on his lungs. And in September, um, they found uh, a small growth. And for whatever fucking reason um they decided that they were going to wait three months basically to see what the rate of growth was um so they did uh it grew um then they did a biopsy and then in january um it came back it was cancerous then he had to get like a bunch of scans done right an mri and a pet scan um those showed that it had metastasized to different areas of his body and that what we were dealing with um, was going to be stage four. And I mean, you know, one thing I will say that's been very surprising to me about this entire situation is that you get these like absolutely devastating, um, you know, pathology or radiology reports and um, there's no medical guidance. (laughs) You don't have any conversation with like a physician or, or a healthcare provider or professional right away they just kind of show up on your online portal and i mean 
it's it, it's not the best um, getting these reports without a conversation with with a doctor or a nurse or somebody that can guide you through this. And I mean, like I have a, I'm pretty medically literate, right? I, I think I've mentioned this to you before. I have a weird amount of doctor friends in my immediate circle that I can sort of lean on uh, pretty, pretty regularly. Um, but if you don't have that uh, and if you, you know, let's say English isn't even your first language, I can't imagine what, other families go through when they get these sorts of things and i don't know um it's uh in terms of like psychosocial support or like mental health support like that's like virtually non-existent Mm. um and you know we're my husband's getting treated at arguably the best cancer center in the country right at princess margaret hospital in in toronto um top five or something like that in the world and it's very, very difficult to navigate um, caregiver support or patient support. You know, I've been looking into like how exactly I should be framing the sort of thing to, to my daughter. Yeah. And it's it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And there's no guide. Um, I mean, I guess, first of all, can I just say um, this is probably going to be obviously the most personal chat that you and I have, have ever had in front of other people. And yeah. um, so I just hope that these names mean something. These are real people that are that are sending you messages in our live chat right now. These are real human beings that are watching right now. They're typing. Um, there's emojis of hearts and and the hands together in prayer and and people like Jason and Sharon and Artemis and Kathy and Tracy and David. Sharon and Rose, I mean, they're, they're all sending their love to you. And I'm sure that, that your family has been um, I know that you guys have a a support network yeah, like most people do. do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody knows how to navigate it. And there's, there's so many personal elements to this um, with this story, your husband's age, like number one, the fact that you have a young daughter, these are things that all demand consideration with regards to like unique <laughs> coping tools. You know, one of the first things I thought of was that in our past conversations, you and me talking about the Ontario election, Ontario's most recent election, for example, you were banging the drum, demanding more talk on healthcare the entire time. The cruel irony of that is is not knowing at the time, uh, you know, <laughs> about the fight that your entire family was about to embark on. Right. And and now, uh, obviously, unfortunately, it goes without saying. Um, and in, in a tragic sense, you have this front row seat, this this cruel reality of some of the challenges that people encounter navigating the healthcare system when quite literally someone's going to be fighting for their life. Yeah, totally. And I, I just I do want to say um the oncologists that we've met with have been absolutely wonderful. And his healthcare team right now is, you know, um, just stellar. They answer all of our questions. How, uh, you know, I, I come always with uh, a gajillion very dumb questions in a lot of cases. And they're, they're very patient and, and very understanding. But, um, you know, there was one, his initial meeting with, with this thoracic surgeon. And like, it was just so ridiculous because this was like the first meeting we've had since obtaining the PET scan results. Right. And like it indicated it was stage four. I knew that because I, you know, I, I know how to read. Um, but the surgeon was trying to end the appointment with my husband without clearly communicating or communicating at all what stage his cancer was or that there was no surgical solution. And I mean, it took me 30 seconds of reading his PET, can- his PET scan results to know that there was not really going to be a surgical solution here. And then when I pointed out to the surgeon that he was, you know, effectively ending the meeting without clearly communicating anything to my husband, um, he got super defensive and told me, and this is a quote, I get that you're an emotional wife right now, but you only have one patient to look after for your husband. 
I have dozens and dozens of patients to think about right now. And I was just like, okay, is that the kind of thing you should probably be saying to, you know, a, a young couple? It's and I, I and I was completely respectful. I just wanted to ensure that my husband had the information coming to him from a medical professional, and you know, not me kind of gleaming together what I thought it was based on my own understanding as well as like input from you know friends of mine in a group chat right you know? yeah yeah you don't want to be sort of like you know plotting out or at least you know gleaning your understanding of a situation plotting out your family's game plan from WebMD totally. or something yeah right? exactly you know i mean yeah. something like this um i think the very first comment in the entire live chat we started talking was fuck cancer and uh these yeah. this is because i mean i you know have you ever you know you meet a lot of people that that would never use the f word and tell they're talking about cancer yeah. and then they'll put that bumper sticker on their car because it is impacted almost everybody in different ways this is impacting you in a viscerally personal way this is not the way that it's supposed to go right but but people here are sharing their personal experiences you know, Aitken here in the live chat says our healthcare system's truly broken. We have to do better. This is inexcusable, right? I mean, others are saying, you know, Tanya, for example, says before the times of online health records, these conversations would have come via a physician. We clearly haven't figured out how to manage the change, uh, which is an interesting observation. And she goes on to say, by the way, surgeons don't get through school for their personalities. I, I, yeah, you, they you, do you, not. You got to kind of be careful. I, I say this all the time to my lawyer friends uh, with a chuckle. We, it's, it's not fair for us to paint entire professions as having one personality trait or as, as being one type of person. But in a lot of industries, and I, and I think that high achieving and very intelligent surgeons or physicians would be an example. It doesn't necessarily come with that bedside manner. I'm not saying every doctor. Some of them are phenomenal. We're going to talk to Shazma Mathani, an ER doctor, next Wednesday. I mean, her communication skills are off the charts. Uh, but there's a lot that do not have that. And uh, and I think that it, it, it just goes to show. I mean, when we talk about bringing improvements to healthcare, making healthcare more personal, more empathetic. I mean, what an example. I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm just. No, 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 not at all. But like, but that's a very good point. And, you know, I've said this. I don't know if I've ever said this on your show, but like the a big problem with the way our healthcare system sort of works right now is that there's this huge sort of like incredibly imbalanced relationship dynamic. Right. And like patients in Canada don't have a ton of rights. Um, mm -hmm. We don't have a ton of recourses um, in terms of how we hold bad. And I'm putting that in air quotes, but bad doctors uh, accountable um, is like virtually non-existent. And in a lot of ways, it's somewhat analogous to the way we, um, provide oversight and accountability for cops because it's like cops investigating other cops and often it's doctors investigating other doctors. And like if you there's a camaraderie and there's this sort of code, I think that's kind of um, sprinkled throughout the the profession in which you can draw similarities and parallels from from both. And, and I just don't think it's a, a healthy sort of way to go about um, the, you know, how we how we govern mm -hmm. this very intimate relationship in, in a lot of ways and, and a necessary yeah. one right yeah i haven't told you this yet but just because we've we've kind of kept our conversations brief because i you know it's it's interesting when you're on the on the outside so to speak but as somebody you, you deeply care about like our dynamic and our friendship by the way some people are like we're so glad to see that ryan and sapria weren't at odds i guess that was <laughs> that was one of the assumptions of why we weren't doing our show but of course not it's quite the opposite um but uh we wanted to keep the focus on you. I haven't told you that a dear friend of ours, I won't, I won't uh, say her name. It doesn't matter, but, but she's been diagnosed with uh, pretty serious ovarian cancer and, and, she, and she's not even 40. And, uh, and, and it's, it's one of those things where 
She is like I would describe you and your husband. She's like gregarious. She's the life of the party. She's surrounded by a circle of friends. She's a very confident person. She's very intuitive. She's a high achiever professionally, all these things. But that doesn't mean that somebody is equipped with the emotional resources or the emotional supports or the, or the, or the specific wherewithal that you need to hit something like this head on. And it's so important. And and this is something that we're seeing here in Alberta with her and people that are understanding how to navigate what's going to be a very serious challenge. This is the most serious challenge that she'll ever have probably, or that she's had to this point in her life. But, but it's something that I think maybe in the healthcare system we take for granted. Like maybe we underestimate the need for psychological supports on a physical fight. Yeah. And it's interesting because we talk a big game, Right. We mm. talk like we ever like mental health is health and we need supports. And, you know, there's all these like they claim to have all these psychosocial supports. Like there are all these like numbers you call, but you call the number and it rings and rings and rings and rings and rings and rings and nobody picks it up. You you know, I've mentioned to my husband's care team that we're, this is the sort of thing that, that we're looking for to help navigate this. And I'm I'm you know positive that they've put the, the request through it just um you know, hasn't hasn't come around yet. And and I understand like our, the healthcare system is strained and I, and I understand, um, you know, hospitals are, are short staffed and people are doing uh, a good a bunch of things all at once. I, I get all that. I'm, I'm very sympathetic to the plight of the healthcare workers that are like in the system on the ground right now as it sort of like collapses all around us. But um, I don't know, this is ugh, it's uh, it's it's been very difficult. And and again, at the same time, I, I consider myself lucky. I, I have a friend whose sister is um, undergoing chemotherapy in Montreal, and her chemotherapy was delayed by five weeks because they're short-staffed at the hospital um, that she's receiving chemotherapy at. Like, it, can you imagine? Like, this is, I don't know, it's just, it just seems like there are all these these issues, and they've been simmering, and to your point, you know, I've been banging the drum. A lot of folks have been trying to talk about this, but we just seem to be doing um, the same thing over and over again, which is to ignore it. And when we stop ignoring it, we just throw more cash at the problem um, without uh, questioning whether or not the cash is going to solve the problem or like what the actual issues are and how we can go about improving our healthcare system substantively and have a grown up conversation about it in a way that doesn't just, uh, you know, peg us or compare us to the American system. Hmm. A lot of people are this is resonating with them and I'm and, and are grateful and I'm grateful that you're willing to talk about this. Uh, you know, Michelle says uh, healthcare is a mess in Alberta. She's talking about says her sister couldn't get proper tests for what turned out to be ovarian cancer, uh, says her doctor, who happens to be a female, wound up in our interpretation dismissing my sister's yeah. symptoms this is not me trying to put you know, everyone knows my dad was a physician for 40 years i grew up around nurses i'm not we're not piling on professionals we're calling spades spades that's the role of a talk show i think in conversations like this is to hold systems accountable and, and to conduct citizen audits if you want to call it that you know ma says the burnout rate of healthcare workers doctors included is through the roof right now mm -hmm. they have no support from government either right uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not blind to that. No, at I know all. you're not. Like, and, and, yeah. Hey, speak your truth. You, you don't have to make any apologies. Yeah. No one's asking for that. Lou says you have huge courage, Sapria, to talk about how little help you're actually getting in so many ways. Rose is asking what probably most of us are wondering. Uh, divulge what you like. She's just wondering where do you go from here? People care about you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, my husband's undergoing chemotherapy and immunotherapy as well as a pretty aggressive radiation uh, round. Um, so the chemotherapy has actually been put on 
hold momentarily while he undergoes radiation. He's had one course of chemo. Um, now it's just like he gets his treatment um, over the next nine-ish weeks, um, and that includes chemotherapy. And then we, uh, and then we wait, and then we see. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, um, I hope that you're feeling like I hope you can feel it in your spine. Uh, people sending like love and energy and good vibes and, and all of the things that we say to try to convey in circumstances where our language tools are often inadequate. Uh, how much we care for somebody and, and for their immediate circle for a noop and, and for the rest of your family. Um, I'm grateful that you're able to join us today because it's just nice to see your face again and to connect Thanks. with you. And obviously we'll be here for you in whichever way you need us. And I know real talkers will be eager that when the time is right, uh, we'll be able to get you back on a regular schedule. And in the meantime, your priorities are exactly where they need to be. Uh, we love you all very much. Uh, we're wishing him the very best. Um, you know, it, back in, in my days, my religiously influenced days, Sapria, we used to pray for strength and wisdom for the surgeons and for the attending medical professionals. And we just wish all of that upon you and your family. We care about you very deeply, my friend. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. Talk okay. to you soon, buddy. Yeah, you got it. So for the time being, seriously, we'll take some time off. Sapria is going to be exactly where she needs to be by her husband's side with her daughter surrounded by their immediate circle of support. We will be here, of course, offering support wherever we can. And you can be in touch with the show. If you'd like to send a message of support, you can do so to talk at seriouslypod.com. We look forward to putting this podcast back in front of you every Wednesday when the time is right. And in the meantime, one love.